Welcome to another episode of Material Is Your Business. I am Rob Sanchez, recording here from Premier Vision. Our guest today, we're very excited about having on. Her name is uh, Juicy Batoni, uh, CEO and founder of Class, a materials and showroom consultancy, and a consultant specializing in sustainable innovation for textiles, fashion, and design for Premier Vision. Very excited to have you here, and this is going to be a great episode. I'm the most excited one at the table, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Hi, my name is Giuseppe Bettoni and I'm running a class platform from Milan that is a platform that is working at worldwide level in order to integrate sustainability in the best fashion in the world. And I'm also consultant for Premier Vision for everything that is responsible innovation. And what I love about materials, everything. You know, I've been working in this field in the last 35 years and I have a, a you know, quite an um, interesting vision because to me, materials are the ingredients for a chef. If you want to get something amazing, you know, you need to have ingredients that has the quality, has the look, has the innovation, you know, that is going to allow the cook to do something special, you know. Without this, how you can do it? So I feel really so enthusiastic, so excited every time that a new material is done because this means that you have created the birth of something completely new. From New York City, this is Material Is Your Business, a podcast covering the science, technology, and business of materials and manufacturing. Your hosts for this episode are Samantha Cortez, international consultant and founder of Samantha's Platform, Rob Sanchez, business strategist and COO of Open Source Business, and Stephanie Benedetto, CEO and co-founder of Queen of Raw. And now... Here are your hosts. Welcome to the show. Uh, we're excited to get going, and uh, we are here with Juicy Batoni. We're really excited to hear from you about what you're doing, what you're thinking about right now. So I'd love to start with just a quick thumbnail sketch of who you are, what you do, and what you're thinking about. Well, I have to say that the first thing that I answer to this kind of question is that I'm Italian. And why? Just because I think, uh, you know, textile is something where art, uh, creativity, innovation, you know, um, taste, culture, it's something that you need in order to develop something, you know. It's not just uh, a machine that is weaving, but it's a whole world, uh, you know, it's a whole, you know, let's say, uh, vision that you have to have uh, in order to make these kind of things. And uh, I think Italians are a little bit uh, advanced in this, because every day that we wake up, uh, we have to, you know, understand what to do best. You know, we have not a lot of... Uh, uh, let's say structured around <laughs> us. <laughs> so it's good to be creative, but in order to be good things. Then, of course, I'm really in love with uh, everything that is about creation, you know, and creation means uh, to me, you know, something that I'm pushing since a long time from my agency, my consultancy work, you know. I think we need the products that has to be beautiful. Nobody's going to, you know, buy, you know, not just in fashion, but in any kind of field, products that are not good looking. It, they can be the most sustainable one, they can be the most performance one, but if they're not nice, very difficult, you know, to get, uh, you know, uh, the appeal to buy them. So first, uh, 
the you know the look the emotional of the look but of course next we need to have the innovation you know uniqueness that's what people is looking at and the uniqueness today means also to be responsible because just when you have the three things together you get a unique you know position for your product and inflation is even more important because it's something that the new consumer is looking for and it, it's not just about an organic cotton or a recycled polyester. It's about how you do things and, you know, the transparency that you have in doing it, the culture, the skills that you are putting inside. So everything matters. And that's what we are trying since, you know, my career started with materials, you know, from the most multinational innovative company in fibers. But in the last uh, 10 years, I've been focusing on this new dimension. The, most important innovation and evolution today is really including the responsible dimension into everything that is fashionable and that is innovative. That's really what innovation means to me today. So Juicy, I know we've known each other for a few years now and with my prior company you were showing some of our sustainable textiles at Premier Vision and what I thought was so fantastic and unique and wonder if you could talk a little bit more about is class, is the way you approach material libraries and the showroom look and feel of these sustainable materials and connecting that with the design community and showing them that you can create something that is beautiful and makes business sense as well as environmental sense. Sure, that is our objective every day of our life, you know, and that's why I'm so proud to be also at Premier Vision, because if you think that inside Premier Vision there are something like 2,000 exhibitors, you know, uh, you can see how, you know, it can be, you know, powerful, you know, to spend a message like this. So uh, it has been, uh, you know, doing a sustainability and fashion uh, quite, a, it's not a long time ago, 10 years maybe, it looked like you have to sacrifice something, you know. If you are fashion and also sustainable, it looked like, uh, you know, it was not good looking, it was not performing and it was expensive. That was the ratio around them. Today is completely different. You know, we have been uh, we have been seeing advancing technology that is huge. The company has used the culture again to do something that was in their DNA. You see, the ingredient really like ingredient for the best chef cuisine. That means to be differentiating from anything else. And uh, today we can say after ten years that we have materials that you know are not just uh, comparable to the conventional one, but it's far more more interesting, more beautiful, and for sure they have a business content because they can compete in a great way in any field. So, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about a few of them that you're working with now that, and how those materials are kind of unique and what they add. Well, there are many, many of them. It's very difficult to find, but let's talk about the bread and butter of textile, you know. For example, cotton, you know. Cotton is one of the most... Uh, used and loved, uh, you know, and sometimes critical, you know, fiber because of the use of water. So, you know, we have been working with uh, a spinner that is based in Italy, that is called Marking Fieldy. It's a company that has six years, you know, of history. They have been working for a long time about cotton and have been defining a new technology that is able to recuperate the, you know, leftovers of the cotton used by the brands that are cutting garments, you know, and there are the leftovers that are so valuable material because it's original material that normally is wasted, that can recuperate them and to transform with a 
new process in order to be a yarn again of high quality that we call smart cotton. Why? Because uh, we have been through these new yarns and this yarn has showed through a life cycle analysis, so an analysis that is evaluating the impact of this process into the environment and human being, you know, so something really scientific is not the company saying it, where you can save at least 67% of water, you know, compared to a conventional cotton. And the look is the same. Yeah. And we have zero waste. Think about, uh, you know, how each single brand that is using cotton, if we can work with them in order to get their waste and to transform them, you know, no lose in economy because, you know, normally you have a 20% lose on the waste of material. And at the same time, you got something amazing, saving water because you are not do any other growing cotton in order to make your garments or whatever it is. We've no loss at all in terms of beauty and quality. So we were just talking with Arcroma and um, after we stepped off mic, we were talking a little bit about their sustainable initiatives in a different department. They're actually building a bleach that um, uses enzymes to cut the water use of bleaching cotton by 50%. And they're developing a dye that uses the cotton waste as the base of the dye. So are there other, I know that cotton, as you said, is a critical fiber, but it's also a very wasteful fiber um, from a water consumption side. Are you, what are you seeing there in that realm? Well, I have to say that Ecotech, that is the name of this smart cotton, is amazing because basically using the leftovers that is already colored, yeah. Because it's something, you know, it's a fabric that has been dyed to make things. Yeah. And Marquis Fieldy has elaborated a way to separate uh, the colors. And basically, you do not need to dye it. Yeah. There is a color card that is in stock service with 75 colors. And they can, you know, come to, you know, if you need a 76 color and in fashion, this is happen every day. Yeah. It's not a problem. They have engineered a system that is making available the possibility to have your color and you do not need to dye. So I know very well that Arcroma has done a fantastic job on the dyeing. But in this case, you know, I think the technology has been working in order to avoid even this. Mm -hmm. You know, I think these are complementary solutions that we yeah. can use. You know, I go back to my vision of the chef. The chef can define and decide which kind of cotton they want to use. But today they have a choice. Yesterday they didn't have a choice. Yeah. So that's for me is the most important thing. That's a great place to leave it. And we'll be right back. So more with Juicy Batoni right after this. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Rico. I'm one of the hosts of Fashion Is Your Business, another great show on Mouth Media Network. If you like the podcast you're listening to, Material Is Your Business, then I bet you're going to love Fashion Is Your Business, which intersects fashion, technology, and innovation, and also American Fashion Podcast, which Harper's Bazaar calls for the true fashion nerd at heart. Both shows and a whole bunch of other great podcasts are all available at MouthMediaNetwork.com. And when you do listen, let us know you heard about them on Material Is Your Business. Thanks a lot. And now back to the show. Well, we have 
had a super interesting conversation yesterday on to the manufacturing in the U.S. What do you think that USA needs to do by bringing back manufacturing? Or what are the steps they need to take on when they bring back manufacturing? I think, first of all, I think it's a great period to do it. Why? Because, you know, I was, think, I was talking to you about these companies in Europe that has a 60 years old, that has a culture, you know. But things are changing. So, and even the people that has a huge history behind has to look at things in a different way. So I think education is a key word for everybody, for the people that are six years old, but also for the people that are starting now. So I think it's really important to start thinking that people have to share knowledge and has to share the new way to do business because the business is changing. For example, at class, we have... Uh, uh, you know, a new spin-off that is called class education, where we are not doing school like, you know, the fashion school are normally doing, but we are doing workshop sessions just about materials. If you think that in the school, you know, the fashion school, there are just a few universities that are talking about material. How a designer can work without knowing the, you know, yeah. the material they are working with? You know, you can have a garment that is completely different if you touch the silk or if you touch the polyester or yeah. if you touch, yeah. you know. I think it's the basis. So we are trying to, <laughs> not just to make a material list, but to select the newest material. You know, when I start to do business, I had just three categories of material, natural, artificial, and synthetic. Let's have a look at today. We have, uh, okay, the natural, you know, upcycle, downcycle, recycle, renewable. It's a new yeah. word. It's a new vocabulary. It's a new way to do things. So the first thing for people that is starting now or people that has an history is really to start thinking about this kind of uh, into bracket uh, information. That is not so easy because we are in a transition time. Things are changing, but not so much. And that's why, for example, we are doing this kind of panels with Premier Vision. You know, Premier Vision has created uh, this platform that is called Smart Creation, you know, and under this uh, Smart Creation platform, they are trying to shed light on the these amazing things that, you know, fabric producers are doing through technology, through culture, through skills, and try to elevate so that everybody knows. Because we have suppliers that are doing amazing things, but, you know, they're not so much good in communicating new, the new values that the, you know, consumer is looking for. Think about transparency. That does not mean to share secrets with all over the world about right. how you do things. But the traceability is really important. So I think the education is really one of the key things. And, um, you know, we have had this uh, session yesterday here at Premier Vision New York with Patagonia, with CFDA, you know, with Kate Black. Really, these are moments to exchange this information. And going back to your question that is really important, I think it's a great moment for U.S. Uh, textile business to enter in this new culture. And they should do with another perspective and try to you know, linked to the new reality that can help them, not just building and reshoring things, but to start from a new perspective. I like the unique way that when you, and you're in Europe, they teach you from the thread up. They teach you how, how the fabric is woven, from the woven or knitted, how it's converted into embellishment, and then the embellishment, how it's converted into a, tech, a complete garment. So I think it's a really, um, I, I, I really, enjoy it. I'm wondering a little bit about, you were just talking about education on what's possible on the 
production side and the garment side. I'm wondering a little bit about, as we learn more about science, um, we have to respond to different things that are maybe unexpected or unknown. And one of the most recent examples was learning that there's a difference between a microbead and a microfiber, where the microfiber is actually far more devastating. And we now know that synthetic fleeces shed microfibers faster than almost any other type of garment. Um, what are you looking at as an industry or what are you thinking about as a way to respond to new science, new understanding of impacts in the environment and, and sort of seeing, oh, this thing that we thought was safe or this thing we thought was sustainable actually has X and Y impact downstream? How do you think about mm. that side? This is a, a great question and I really love to answer because there is a lot of misinformation around, you know. Uh, there are a lot of things that are really terrible for the environment and for the human being. But I think uh, the way that we are talking today about, uh, you know, you were mentioning yarns, uh, fabrics, uh, uh, machines, uh, dyeing and finishing, you know. But it's the time now that we create the identity of this material. It cannot be just a generic polyester. It cannot just be a generic cotton. It cannot be just a generic wool. Each single material has to have an identity because the production behind it, the treatment behind it is individual. Mm -hmm. When people is telling me, is recycled polyester ecologic? I say, yes, but how to handle it, you know, for a garment, I will ask much more questions than recycled polyester because you can make recycled polyester in 10,000 ways. Yeah. And today, you know, it's key, it's fundamental that we know these things behind it, not just for the consumer because, you know, the way that you handle the production behind the creation of material can change completely, you know, the, the kind of healthy and the kind of look and the kind of impact on the environment. But at the moment, we are not doing this kind of job because everything that is recycled seems to be incredible. And it is because we have to come to the culture of recycle everything. But how which is the use of the recycled the material, it will depend from how these material can be you know, recycle. Just to give you a concrete example, I'm talking about natural fiber, for example. Yeah. Wool. You can recycle wool till seven times. You know, after seven times, it will be impossible, you know, to recycle because it's too weak. Yeah. But there is a big difference of, uh, for a garment that is using uh, wool that has been recycled one time or seven. Yeah. Okay. So we need to really be. Uh, let's say uh, um, very um, very aware of this because uh, for example the, when you are just recycling for the first time wool it will be a product that is great for the most quality you know fabric maybe the second time as well the third one maybe you need to mix it in order to have the quality with something else in order to stand but if it's the seventh time maybe you know you can use this because there are possibilities but maybe for something that is not next to the skin that is you know something in order to make like action or, or a, you know yeah. whatever so yeah. i think we need to go from okay everything that is organic recycled is good to yes is good but you know we need to define how to use them because yeah the company are doing completely different things. So this is something that is going to come up and the communication about the ingredients is going to change a lot in the next future because people is really try to identify the difference, you know, between them or we will never get the value. And I know there are a lot of 
powerful, large brands, companies around the world working on that and collaborating. And I know you work with some of the biggest brands in the world, but I also wonder as, say, a student or an emerging independent designer who knows that they want to find new innovative materials that also are sustainable for their brand and their ethos in the future, what are the tools and resources and how can you work with them um, as well? Is that something you're working on with class and are there other resources that you recommend they look to? I think this is another key question because, uh, you know, the big designer, you know, are working and are, you know, have the access to a lot of information. And, uh, you know, the small designers has different tools, by the way, because, uh, and it's a question, again, of being proactive to understand what is going on in terms of communication, because I know that the Chamber of Fashion all over the world are doing a lot of initiatives, you know, and here in the US, I think CFDA has done a fantastic thing like the Lexus Initiative, Ecoshike World in Hong Kong. You know, I, I don't remember even any, you know, all of them. And, and again, I think fair can make the difference, you know, the exhibition is a key, you know, part of this, because here you can meet the uh, you know, producer, you can talk to people, you have, you know, you can assess them. At the same time, I think uh, the, you know, and that's my personal experience also as class. I think these uh, designers should start also to invest a little bit in knowledge because, and I'm not talking about big investment, but I think people that start to be a designer, you know, or merchandise or whatever is the, you know, need to invest in herself. And this means to be prepared, you know, to have a look at the right tools and try to sort it out and have some help, but in a professional way. So, and, you know, I'm not going through all the association because you know better than me that there are many, but in order to be really concrete, I think designer today, small designer can have uh, these things, but at the same time, they need to, you know, they are becoming entrepreneur and the entrepreneur means I need to invest also in myself. And I think it's a question also to decide and find out who can help you at best. That's a great place to leave it. And we'll be right back with uh, Remnants. So more with Juicy Batoni right after this. If you're a business decision maker, you should listen to this. The show you're listening to is produced by Mouth Media Network, a podcasting network focused on the business of lifestyle. Because of our team's background and deep connections with brands, influencers, and ecosystems, we offer a tremendous opportunity to bring your company's message and products in front of decision makers from several verticals, including fashion, beauty, travel, materials and textiles, health and fitness, and lifestyle. As well, amplifying your presence at a conference or trade show can strengthen relationships and bring more value to your investment in being at those events. Reach out to the Mouth Media team now at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Let's explore how we can collaborate and make Mouth Media Network a meaningful resource to share your message and grow your business. Again, that's podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Now let's go to the third and final segment, which, as you know, is Remnants. And now, now it's, it's Remnants. Remnants. That's where we 
take a, a strip of cloth, we tear it into pieces, we put it in a hat, and we draw to see who is the first one to ask a personal question of our guest. Um, today we're at Premier Vision, which means we have access to a ton of new textiles. So we're going to take some of this advanced denim here, uh, cut it into strips, throw it in a hat, and see who it is. And it's Stephanie. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Oh, I like traveling. You know, it's very, a very difficult question. You know, it's, you know, normally my traveling is about discovering new realities, discovering new materials, discovering excellence, you know, around the world. You know, but one of the, my best traveling has been done in Philippines where I met fantastic women in villages that, you know, I would have never found by myself. You know, I, it was something that has been uh, organized for me, where I found women sitting in a um, room with the warp next to the, their back and the yarn next to the window, and they were doing fantastic fabrics. I still have, uh, you know, when I think about it, uh, and they are called dream weavers, you know. They are used to dream in the night, and in the morning, they start to do the fabric. Oh, can you wow. believe this can happen? Wow. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> you know. Powerful. I would like to go back to see the latest dream of this woman, yeah. honestly. <laughs> and they live in complete, uh, you know, no communication, no nothing, but amazing, amazing stuff. Fantastic. Oh, it's like wow. the monks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You totally decide yourself to, to, to dream. Dream to weavers, you know. Wow. Magic. That's beautiful. And then, of course, something next to the sea, you know, to the beach in order to relax. Why not? <laughs> you know. Very good. All right, so drawing again. And it's Samantha. That actually took away my question. I was going to ask you which is the best fabric and why. <laughs> this, you know, I think the best fabric is the one that is still to come, honestly, you know. Oh. Because I know I'm, I'm, I'm terrible, you know, I, I'm curious, I'm always, you know, I've been looking and touching and promoting and, you know, desire many fabrics, but I know that people is developing always, you know, yesterday I was amazed here in Patagonia saying we are developing hundred different materials every year and four technologies every year. I want to see them all. <laughs> How do you do a selection of your glasses? Is the selection of my glasses? Mm -hmm. I investigate a lot, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> and uh, and then it's it's important that things are fitting. You know, we were saying from the beginning that you know we are looking for the three-dimensional approach in everything that I got for myself. I try to do the same. It's not easy sometimes because uh, to find something beautiful, innovative, and responsible is not something that you find so. So often today, but I'm sure that is going to be better tomorrow. But I find good, uh, good, interesting things around. So, and I need my glasses, by the way. <laughs> so sometimes is, um, you know, is becoming a big research as well. But you know, it's nice. I think you know, going shopping is always a great experience if it's done in the right way. You know, I feel pleasure because it's not something that I do every day, every you know, for you know, a big, uh, you know, just to make, to have something in my, in my shelves, basically. Mm, excellent. And a final and meaningless draw. <laughs> and it's me. Whoa, uh, <laughs> go figure. Wow. <laughs> um, 
I love childhood and just seeing where people came from. So what I'm really wondering with you is what's something, what's a moment of beauty that you remember that you still go back to to make you feel calm or at peace? Still to make you? Sorry, I didn't get To make you feel calm and at peace. Like what's a moment from childhood that you still think about? There are not many moments, I have to say, where I feel, you know, I'm normally quite, um, you know, excited. And, uh, but I think, uh, you know, one of my best moments of peace has been really in Filipina, I have to say, because, uh, you know, going to this uh, amazing place where you feel yourself inside, you know, you find creativity and, um, and uh, I think... It's, it's a, a different way to think at culture, you know, because you have completely different values, you know, because these people has not uh, materially a lot of the things, but they are so feeling good that you are contaminated. And, and despite the fact that you have to travel for four hours, you know, flight and then three hours car, when you see faces, I still remember, you know, the six hours with them, I, I think I never see, you know, feel sorry, you know, not just relaxed, you know, because you can find relax uh, for me reading a book or, you yes. know, going around the street to see interesting things, but just inside. That's, I think, it's where, you know, the real things are coming out because the people, the human being is there. Um, I, we know you're from Italy. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite food? My favorite food? I have to say it. People will kill me. <laughs> it's sushi. Oh, wow. I get it. Okay, so ditto. <laughs> you know, I discovered sushi quite recently, you know, because, um, you know, it, it's traveling. It's about also, you know, we're working quite a lot, you know, thinking about responsible innovation. The country where you can find the most part of these um, innovation are Europe, but Japan, yes. and it's amazing. And and again, why sushi and not something else? You know, it's the human that is you know dedicating. That is, it's an art. It's a discipline. It's not just eating. You know, you feel in a different world <coughs> looking at these people preparing things for you that has been done for centuries, but always in a different way, and you feel unique. You know, when they prepare something for you. So. Yes, thank you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I got personal, man. <laughs> Very <laughs> personal. <laughs> but also an hamburger. But, you know, sushi is the first and second is, you know. Yeah. That, that's uh, it's a different, you know, thing. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's a great note to end on. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me, me. And if you want to be in touch and know a little bit more about, uh, you know, our world, please just uh, go on the website. The link is www.classecohub.org. Thank uh, you very much. Thank you, uh, Juicy, for being with us. And once again, our guest was Juicy Batoni, CEO and founder of Class, and also the consultant here at Premier Vision for sustainability and materials. And uh, thank you. That was a wonderful interview. And so for uh, Samantha Cortez. Keep on embellishing. And Stephanie Benedetto. Go change the world, everybody. I'm Rob Sanchez. Thanks for joining us here at our interview at Premier Vision. And we look forward to uh, sitting down with you again soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
This has been Material Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at materialisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Material Biz Show. That's Material B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, materialisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.